You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe with you on a Tuesday, two days away from the NFL Draft. We'll get to some more NBA and, and look at the updated series price series. We move towards game sixes of a lot of these series. And, of course, uh, a good slate in baseball today coming up with every team in action. So we'll get to that as the show goes on. Right now, though, we got to talk some NFL draft here. Michael Felder, Stadium College Football Analyst. He's joining us on the Roman Guest Line. Michael, welcome back to the show. Two days before the NFL draft. And um, there's a lot of stuff out there right now. So I, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Yesterday, um, it was Todd McShay who threw out the idea. He's hearing that no quarterback's going to get taken maybe before Pittsburgh at number 20. Two-part question. One, do you buy it? And two, uh, this quarterback class, do you see some upside here or, or are you as down on it as as most people are? Um, well, a couple things. One, I think that the most pivotal point in this draft is probably going to be uh, five that 5-6 five, pick because I do think the Panthers are still in the quarterback market at six. And if you want a quarterback, you probably have to get above them to take the guy you want. So I think watching how that shakes out is going to let us know, okay, yeah, nobody's going to do it until the Steelers at 20. Uh, so that'll be another pivotal point. So we've got that 5-6 point and that 20 point. I think that we'll probably see someone go before 20. Uh, just the general thirst for quarterbacks in the NFL uh, doesn't allow for teams to consistently just pass on guys. And then with respect to the question about the class, uh, look, we don't have an Andrew Luck, okay? We don't have – uh, uh, Justin Herbert, or uh, we don't have like that's that's not in this class. But but what we do have are guys that I do see some upside with with Malik Willis. I think we we're looking at a high ceiling player who is going to take if he has the opportunity to wait a bit, especially if that's Pitt, at Pittsburgh at twenty, and has a chance to wait behind Trubisky, figure things out for himself. They can work on re- revamping that offense to suit his needs. That I think he get, he's got a high upside to be a quality player at the next level. Uh, for Kenny Pickett, if Pickett does end up to the Panthers at six, I think he's someone that competes early. This is a guy that played in an NFL offense in college, and he's someone, at least for a team like the Panthers, where they have a coach that's a coaching staff that's on the hot seat, and they need someone to inspire folks or to give them to buy themselves more time. A guy that's already played in an NFL, already had his head in an NFL playbook at the college level, transition to the next level might be the one to do it. Agree with what you had to say about five six, but I'm stuck before you, so I uh, kind of want to get what you're thinking. If uh, if it's Trayvon Walker number one all overall, and he's the heavy favorite now, and Detroit cannot pass up on Hutchinson. Now there's been some chatter that it could be Thibodeau, and uh, the odds were reflecting that about a week ago. That was uh, that was a hot rumor. But let's say Walker Hutchinson off the board one two. What Houston needs everything. So what do you expect them to do? What is your thought process at three? Because we're hearing all kinds of stuff, even guys like Stingley being mentioned at this point. Yeah, that's the, the Houston's interesting because for them, I think it's just get the best player who you think is the best player. If that's, if, if that's a quantum, you get him. If you like Evan Neal more, then you take him. If you like Thibodeau that much and he's there, you take him. If we see this flip out where I know the Lions have been really high up there, they just weren't sure if they are um, on Walker, and we, but if they can't get him and then they have to make a choice between Hutchinson and Thibodeau, maybe you take the other guy, whichever one's left. So there's a lot of chances here, a lot of opportunity for them. I think the goal is just to get the guy that you like the most. And 
that's probably going to end up being either an offensive tackle or one of those one of those edge edge rushers. I keep hearing so much Stingley. It seems like teams are really high on him, and that's heating up as we get closer to the draft. Would you take a flyer on him being the first corner selected? I still think Sauce is Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati is the first corner off the board, but will I be amazed if Stingley goes before him? No, Stingley's got tape that put him in a top in the top five uh, back in the 2019, 2020. His tape was like top was top five worthy. So yeah, I think he he we we've seen him do it. We saw him do it in the SEC, which is going to be a lot of folks' argument, and we we know what he is. And then when he comes out and uh, runs that four three, you know, the stock starts to rise, it starts to increase. But I still think we're going to see Sauce off the board first. But again, not a huge surprise for Stingley. I think it's very similar to what we're dealing with with Hutchinson and Walker at, at one and two. Not a surprise if either one goes first. And for Sauce and Stingley, I think what we're going to see is them lead to a real, a kind of a push to get more corners. And if they, if, if Stingley comes off the board in that top five, top six, then all of a sudden we're going to see Sauce come off. And then once we get that, now we're looking at McDuffie and we'll see which other corners can bubble up to the surface. Curious, Michael, you're on the back end of the first round with some of these pass rushers. There's a prop on DraftKings right now, four and a half for defensive linemen in the first round. And that includes defensive ends. It includes edge rushers. Um, And Hutchinson, Walker, Jermaine Johnson, Thibodeau, I think we all know those guys are going to be first-round picks. That's four. So then you go past that, it's guys like Karloftis, Boy Mafe, Arnold Ebichetti. What what do you think in terms of those guys? Because if one of those guys goes in the first round, that prop would hit. Uh, Over, under four and a half defensive ends, edge, edge rushers, first round. Do you think we go over that number? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're, you, you mentioned Karlaftis. Obviously, we've got the big three, right? Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and, and Walker. Then you've got to throw in Karlaftis. I think he goes. Ojabo is also on the list, another guy that I think go, even though he had that, that big injury in his pro name. But at the back end, I think he's somebody that can go. Um, I think that we're, we're, we're looking at um, – um, not Fayed. Um, good grief. Now I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Bafo. Um Good grief. Why can I not remember this guy's name? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. My brain is completely... – The Minnesota kid? The Minnesota – Yes. Ma- so, Mafe? Boy Mafe? Boy Mafe? There we go. Yes. And I can't – and I he's, he's got an opportunity to kind of be in the back end depending on what teams do. So, yeah, I think that four and a half – and this is only edge rushers. This isn't all defensive linemen because when I first heard it, I, I heard defensive linemen. I was like, oh, we're going to be way over four and a half because you've got to throw in Wyatt and Jordan Davis, who are definitely locked to go in the first round as well. Michael, one bet that keeps getting a lot of steam right now that has dropped a lot in the last day is first offensive lineman selected. And the idea is, well, the Giants are going to go O-line here, and they've got five and seven. And and the word is, it, it could be, you know, just smoke. But the word has been that they love Charles Cross. He, he's a great pass protector. You've got Dayball there, so we know what he's going to do to the offense. Do you agree that Cross is, uh, is the best pass protector of the tackles available? And can you envision a scenario where, when Cross is selected ahead of Neil Anaquanu? Oh, that's a rough <laughs> But if you have five and seven, though, you can get something else at five, and then you can still get somebody get get him at seven. So that's a real possibility. I just 
I think that Cross is probably the most athletic and polished pass protector. Obviously, he played for a team that threw the ball 50 times a game, so he's got a little bit more reps than some of the other guys. Uh, he's much better than, than Iguanu. I think he's more polished than Neil, uh, but Neil does provide some power that is going to help you in the run game that Cross doesn't necessarily always show. Um, I think I – think I, for me, I have Neil one, Icky two, and then I go to cross. But if you like cross a lot and you want somebody that's going to be able to protect, maybe you do get him at seven. And I guess that the question then flips to: Are is, are these other teams in that top in that top six? Are they going to pass on Evan Neal to the point where Cross can go before Neal? I think Icky's someone that we're going to see go in the top three or four. But I think Neil becomes Neil becomes the question mark. And that's going to be sort of the wild card with, with respect to that prop bet because if you like Cross more than Neil and you are the Giants with two picks in that top seven, all of a sudden you have to look at the other buyers in the marketplace. And if the Panthers don't take Neil, then yeah, absolutely, Cross can jump him. Michael, we're seeing so many of these top receivers commanding so much money and how important it is to get these guys under these rookie contracts. So how many wide receivers could you see going in the first round? Oh, this one, this is the, we, we did a mock draft show yesterday with uh, for Bleach Report and we're, this was one of the interesting parts. And this is where I think the draft does get incredibly interesting is where we go, we're, we're going to see Garrett Wilson off the board. We're going to see Jameson Williams off the board. We're going to see, uh, Drake London off the board, and we're going to see Chris Olave off the board. Those four guys we're, we know for sure are going to be first-round picks. Then after those guys, then we get interested. We could see <laughs> John Dotson come off late. We could see, we could also see George Pickens creep into the first round, which could get us to six. So I'm very curious to see how this all shapes up. Oh, excuse me, Traylon Burks as well. Traylon Burks is going to be a first-rounder too. So we have five – Five for sure first-rounders, and once we get past Olave, those other two guys, Dotson uh, and Pickens, become interesting, which could get us to that seven number, which obviously would, would, would make you a winner uh, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Michael, I'm curious your thoughts on Jordan. I think he's one of the most interesting players in the draft. He's an athletic freak at 341 to run as fast as he did. He reminds me of Haloti Nada when he came out of school, and Nada was a tremendous NFL player. But some people are like, well, he's only a two-down guy, only a run-stuffer. How good do you think Jordan Davis could be? I'm, I'm guessing he goes off the board somewhere, you know, in that, that 9, 10 through 15, 16, 17 race, that kind of middle of the first round there. Yeah, I think that it's – listen, the big key here is he's got to fit your scheme. And there's only a handful of teams that he fits for. And that's one of those teams is the Ravens. And the Ravens are in that space. So I think certainly he's someone that they would fall in love with as a, as a franchise, uh, as a fan base, because he does everything they want him to do. and if he fits your scheme, you take him because you can plug him in there and then you can orbit around him and do a lot of things. So he's a guy that I do like. His, he showed the freakishness, again, with that force seven. But I think the other thing for me, bigger than the number, was watching him play in the national championship game where he was trying to prove that he wanted to be on the field more than just two downs. And that's something that really stood out to me after watching the SEC championship game where he was looking to the sidelines like, Coach, get me out when Alabama went temporary. At some spots is now the favorite to to go number three, and it was what like a week ago. His over under number for draft position was seven and a half. That number just keeps on dropping, and and we talked a little bit about Stingley and some of the support that he's getting. Do you think it's possible 
that Stingley gets drafted ahead of Gardner, or is, is this one a lock? Right now, Gardner to be first cornerback is a minus 250 favorite, and Stingley for first cornerback is plus 180. Yeah, I, like I said, I still think it's soft early, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it's Stingley. Like we, it just... It depends on what you like. And both of these guys are really good in man. I think Stingley, uh, I think Sauce brings a little bit more length. Uh, as my co-host called him, he's a, kind of like the spider with how long he is. Stingley, a little more stout. So we'll see what it's about, what, what, what body type you're looking for. Right. Appreciate it. On the Roman guest side, Michael Felder, all things NFL draft. Coming up next, we'll look at updated series prices across the NBA postseason right here on the Becky Wall Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.